His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. I'm just going to pray real quick. Lord, we just, I just thank you for always meeting us in this place. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies. Lord, I thank you for all that Ron was sharing tonight. And Lord, all the things you're doing in everyone's lives and Lord, the ones they're touching. Lord, I just thank you for that. Lord, we just ask you to come and have your way tonight. Lord, I ask that I would just share what you want me to share and Lord, that your spirit would just continue to flow in our midst and meet each and every person here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I want to share tonight on something the Lord spoke to me last Wednesday night, and I prayed it um, during the service, and then he was showing me more on it this week. And um, I titled it, Are We Seeing Things the Way Our Father Wants Us To? And it was all about perception is what it was. How are we seeing things? He was showing me things. And and um, as you know, uh, perception is just your observation of what you see or your mental image of what you think is going on or how you are perceiving those things um, that you're walking through. And it's in every area of your life. It's how the enemy's working in your life, how the Lord's working in your life. Um, it's everything. How are you perceiving all those things? So um, I have a little story I want to share about that first. It's about a businessman, of course, uh, a businessman. <laughs> um, a businessman was in a great, great deal of trouble. His business was failing. He had put everything he had into the business. He owed everybody. It was so bad, he was even contemplating suicide. As a last resort, he went to a pastor and poured out his story of tears and woe. When he had finished, the pastor said, here's what I want you to do. Put a beach chair and your Bible in your car and drive down to the beach. Take the beach chair and the Bible to the water's edge. Sit down in the beach chair Put the Bible on your lap and open the Bible. The wind will ruffle the pages, but finally, the open Bible will come to rest on a page. Look down at the page and read the first thing that you see. That will be your answer. That will tell you what to do. So a year later, the businessman comes back. He drives back to the pastor. He's in a brand new BMW. He's dressed in new custom tailored suit. He pulled an envelope stuffed with money from his pocket. He gave it to the pastor in thanks for his advice. The pastor was curious. Did you do as I suggested? And the man said, yes, absolutely. You went to the beach? Absolutely. You sat on a beach chair and opened the Bible on your lap? Absolutely. You let, the page, you let the pages riffle in the wind until they stopped. Absolutely. And what were the first words that you saw? Chapter 11. <laughs> so that's one perception. <laughs> that businessman. <laughs> anyway, kids, ask your parents about that. 
Um, so the Lord's been speaking to me on a little more serious note about perception. <laughs> and so last um, Wednesday night, the Lord spoke a word to me, um, and he said, I'm teaching my people to look at things the way I do, not the way of the world. If you have the enemy in your face, look through him. Don't focus on him. If he is a little ways off, look over his head. And that was the word the Lord spoke to me, and I got up and I prayed it during the service um, best I could at the time. And so I've been digging into that. And um, I got to looking through the scriptures because the Lord was showing me some stuff with it. And the first thing I got was uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. It says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So he gave me that scripture, and then he brought me to Genesis 3, 14 through 15. It says, Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust, as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Um, and so what the Lord spoke to me is he said, which way do you see your enemy? Do you see him as the roaring lion that's walking around just waiting to attack, cause harm? Or do you see him as a serpent? When Jesus was speaking, he spoke the truth of what the enemy is to us who walk with our king and have a relationship spiritually with him. What I mean by that is when we see the enemy in our face as a roaring lion, that is a complete opposite of how a natural lion operates. He does not get in your face and threaten you. He's going to take you down. He's going to eat you, whatever be the case. And that's not how the enemy attacks us. The enemy attacks us like the serpent, whispering, trying to deceive us, get us in ways that we're not expecting. That's how the enemy actually operates. And um, so what I put in there is if we're walking in a spirit connection with our king, then we have no problem looking through our enemy, which is that roaring lion in our face, because that roaring lion has no strength over us. Um, we are a small part of a large body of believers that the enemy wants to take out by deceiving us. I felt like the Lord told me we are assaulted by the enemy because of our perception of him, not the strength of him. It's like, wow, because you think of that roaring lion, oh no. You know, and if you, if, when I was praying about this, it's not um, a thing of, the big situations that come up in my face that I struggle with. It's the things of that keep sneaking in your mind. You're like, get out of here, you know, and it just keeps coming against you. That's the things you have to watch out for. And I thought that makes sense. That's that deceiving that the enemy tries to do. Um, 
What I felt like the Lord said is, this is all about victory versus defeat. I heard the Lord say at the beginning of this year, um, I'm sorry, I heard the Lord say this at the beginning of this year, and I choose to see the victory, not the defeat that's in front of my face. It's a victory on the other side. Um, and the, the scripture, another scripture the Lord brought me to was 2 Kings 6, 14 through 17. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. This is the city where Elisha was staying, okay? Because if you look a little bit before that, every time the enemy went, or the king, the enemy's king uh, would go to do something, Elisha would tell his king what to do. He'd say, this is what they're going to do, you know, and he was always, he'd always, always thwart the enemy. Um, and so during the night, the king of Aram sent his army. So he said, we're going to surround it and we're going to take Elisha. When the servant of um, the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were all the troops and the horses and the chariots everywhere. He came back in. He said, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man said to Elisha, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And the Lord said, that's what I'm talking about. Because Elisha didn't see the enemy that was surrounding him, he saw right through him, and he saw the Lord that had them surrounded <laughs> And then it goes on to say, it was it's a pretty neat story, as you all know. It goes on to say how Elisha prayed and the Lord blinded him and then he led him into the <laughs> city. But anyway, I'm not going to read that. Um, it's just awesome because if we can get hold, and this is speaking to myself, I'm saying we because I'm sharing it. If we can get hold of how the Lord wants us to see and perceive the things we're walking in, it's a completely different picture than if we look at what's right in our face coming against us. So our perception of the enemy a lot of times is the roaring lion, but if we're walking in unity with the Lord, our perception of the enemy should be the serpent that is in the dirt. We crush his head with our heel. And Jesus already said that. Our choices, so I'm going to go on because this, this can go into a lot of things, and the Lord was speaking a lot to me uh, on this, but um, our choices play a big part in the ability the enemy has to affect our lives. If we choose to go somewhere that we shouldn't, then it can open up a way for the enemy to attack us and our family. If we do something we shouldn't or say something we shouldn't or react in a way we shouldn't, um, all these things, the list goes on and on. All these things open up a way for the enemy to attack us. These choices not only change our perception of the enemy, but they can make it very hard to be able to look through the enemy like our King, our Lord Jesus, wants us to. So here's an interesting thing I felt like the Lord said uh, and was showing me through this. Uh, and it, I don't know why this, this is how my mind works. But anyway, he said, uh, if we walk in gray areas in any part of our life, we are giving our enemy an opportunity to truly transform the measly little serpent in the dirt 
into the roaring lion in our face. So every fine line we flirt with gives our enemy a place that he may be able to cause havoc in our lives. And I was thinking about it because I run into all different people um, throughout the week. And one thing that people like to say a lot is, it's okay to do this or that. And I always thought, okay, whatever it is they want to do, it's okay. It's okay to do this or that. Well, you can't tell me I can't do that. You know, it's okay to do that. There, the Lord didn't say you can't do this, you can't do that. And so I've taken those things uh, to the Lord many times. And I felt like what the Lord said to me is, is it beneficial? Not is it okay, is it beneficial? Will it possibly crack open a door that the enemy can sneak through? Or will it clear up a gray area so you can see black and white more clearly? To me, that's as simple as you can get. I don't care if it's okay or not. Is it beneficial? That's what I felt like the Lord was saying to me. On the earth, you live... Okay, now this is, this is what uh, the Lord was speaking to me during that. On the earth, you live with what you call a gray area. But in my kingdom, there is no gray area. In reality, the gray area you live in is needing to know me more. This is what the Lord said. That gray area is needing to know me more. The closer you draw to me, the smaller that gray area will be in your life. The easier it will be to look through the enemy and see your victory on the other side. And so I asked the Lord, I said, why is it that throughout the Christian community, we have such a vast gray area in so many things? Because, and this is what I felt like the Lord said back, because everyone is human and they want to feed their flesh in one way or another. Now, this is not an intentional, I want to do this because it's wrong. It's because we live in the flesh. So we're all that way and we want to feed our flesh one way or another. So the worldly way to figure out an answer about something is to see if we feel okay about it. If you do, then go ahead. It's okay. I feel okay about it. And the Lord said, walking with me, you will get to a place where you only proceed if you feel something is beneficial to you or your brothers, or your sisters, whoever it may be that you're walking with, not just okay. This is where getting direction from your elders. Now, this is what I put. I put elders because I tell you, those in authority over your life and those who you walk with in the Lord is what I would consider your elders. Now, that can be your parents. It can be your brothers and sisters. But the ones that you listen to, you take advice from, that you trust, okay? If you get direction from them, even if you don't always want to hear what they have to say, <laughs> none of us have ever had that, <laughs> that can help you tremendously because they have walked through okay in their lives. This is what the Lord is trying to save us, okay? The people who want to speak truth into your life have walked through, that's okay, <laughs> And they want to help you not walk through, that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes they're okay turned out okay, and other times it turned out not all right at all. So you are 
a people. This is so the Lord spoke to me after that. I was putting down that about uh, walking with the elders, and the Lord spoke to me again, and He said, "You are a people that walk with others. That's who you are. You do not walk alone." You walk with others. If you like it or not, it doesn't matter. That's how we're made. We're made to walk with others. So if something is okay for you, it may not be okay for your spouse. If it is okay for you, it may not be okay for your kids or your family or your friends or your neighbors. Or, believe it or not, this is one that the Lord caught me off guard on. You know, he always speaks things to you. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. When we got to this one, I was like, Wow. He said, it may be okay for all those people, or believe it or not, I'm sorry, it may not be okay for all those people, even though it's okay for you, or believe it or not, it may not be okay for your enemies, because we are walking in a way that everybody watches what we do, even our enemies, and he said, it could even be your enemy that you are hurting when you do something you're not supposed to be doing. What I'm saying is you represent my kingdom, and in representing my kingdom, you are representing your gray lines and my black and white lines in the things you do. Do you want to look back at the end of your life and know that something that was okay to you caused someone you knew to fall away from the Lord and ruin a little part of their life or a complete area of their life if not then get rid of the worldly mindset of this is okay and and retrain your mind to my kingly kingdom mindset of is it beneficial and it was all it's all about that perception of how we see things it's so easy to fall into it's not a big deal it's okay you know I don't, I don't feel any conviction because I know, you know, um, certain people are affected by different things. And you know what affects you, but that doesn't mean it doesn't affect somebody that's connected to you because of what you're doing. Spiritually, the ground you take is deeply affected by the decisions you make. The decisions we make are affected by the way we perceive things not just right versus wrong or okay versus not okay, but also light versus darkness. And I'm telling you, this may sound like a little bit of a harsh word, but it was an encouraging thing to me because it was the Lord saying, you know what, I've got more for you. I've got a deeper place. I've got more. And only he can do these things. Um, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 14 says, these people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of light. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. I thought, man, it's real easy to be deceived. And it's, it's shared all throughout Scripture how easy it is. And Jesus even talks about if they say he's here, don't go there. Or if they say he said this... You know yourself if the Lord's moving. You'll see me come, you know, you'll see me come on the clouds and all those things. Um, and I put in here, a lion does not strut about and just get right in their prey's face. That's not how a lion takes down his prey. And our enemy is not going to be getting in our face if he thinks that we're that. <laughs> how do I want to? Our enemy knows 
that when we're walking with the Lord, we're not that easy to defeat. It's going to take a lot more than just getting in our face. And the Lord's asking us to step up into a place of seeing that the way he does. Um, our enemy in our perception roams around as a roaring lion and roars in our face, and it causes us to be scared. In reality, this enemy has no strength over us and can only win if we react in a way that gives him the victory. What I mean by this is the enemy would never attack us unless he knew, I'm sorry, the enemy would never attack us in that way in our face unless he knew that we would give him the victory because of our fears, our sins, our insecurities, or the gray lines that we've allowed in our lives. Reality is our enemy is the serpent in the dirt and that only wins by whispering stuff to us that is not true by twisting things so we perceive them in a way that is inaccurate um i was looking through um other scriptures that went along with that and i thought man here's a perfect example of someone who knew i mean he knew that he knew who jesus was and yet the walking in this world can cause you to be um, in a place that your perception can kind of get out of line, and it was John. Um, John 1, 29 through 34 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he may be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting on him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. I mean, there was no question. He saw it. It was just like Jesus told him. It was dead set in John. This is who it is. So the next thing you hear, the next big one I took out of John, he's still, he's in that place. He knows exactly who it is because his, his disciples come to him and said, you know, Jesus is baptizing more than us and all this. And it was in John 3, 27 through 30. And he replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater, and I must become less. And he was still, I mean, there was no question who Jesus was. Now, he's been in prison for a while, okay? And John sends a message. I, I took it out of Matthew 11, 2 through 3. But John uh, the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent one of his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we be looking for someone else? And I thought, that is exactly that lion in his face. 
He was in a place to where he was having trouble seeing through that lion like the Lord wanted him to. And he already knew deep down inside. There wasn't any question. Um, let's see here. Okay. Hebrews three thirteen through 19. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as we first believe, when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter into his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. And I just put, look at the children of Israel. They saw miracle after miracle, all the things the Lord done to bring them out of Egypt. And yet they become so deceived that they didn't even get to go into the promised land. I mean, it was, it was sad. Um, and the Lord had already spoken that he was taking them in the promised land. And they become so deceived over um, walking that way, I guess, that uh, it was their kids that got to go in. And I put, I'm telling you, I want to see things the way the Lord sees them. I want to look through the enemy and at my victory in all areas of my life because we're no different than the children of Israel. We're no different than anyone else. I want my spirit to be connected with my king in such a way that his viewpoint is my viewpoint. I want to have such a hunger and connection with my elders, my brothers and sisters, that I'm willing to hear their input in my life and not try to figure things out on my own. Don't ever let me shut out those around me that love me enough to speak the truth. Teach me to be humble enough to accept input from others and connected to my father enough to see straight through the enemy when he gets in my face and see the victory on the other side. And at the end, I was just praying through that. And like I say, it didn't feel like a discouraging word. It didn't feel like the Lord trying to point at me or anything. It was like, this is where I'm trying to get you to. I'm trying to get to where you can perceive things the way I want you to, to where you can see through the enemy that's right in front of you, to where you can see the victory on the other side. And I felt like at the end he spoke to me and he said, um, read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
And I just said, Lord, help us become this church. Help us become those people that we become mature. We become such a family unit that we hear each other and we work with each other and we can help when somebody's perception gets off in an area because when you're going through things, your perception can get off. And if you're close enough that you can hear your brothers and sisters and your elders is speaking to you so much easier than having to walk through, it was okay. I wish I wouldn't have went on. It was okay because I had to learn the hard way. And we've all been there. It's not like uh, there are certain people that haven't had to deal with that. But he wants us to not have to learn everything the hard way anymore. He wants us to learn as a unit. He wants us to learn as brothers and sisters that's been there and can tell us what it is, the difference between what we think and what the truth is. And he's just... He's um, has victory for us in things this year that we can't even see at this point. And the reason we can't see him is because the enemy has put something else in our face. And he's going to begin to open our eyes that we can see what's on the other side, just like the healing, what's on the other side, just like whether it's finances or whatever it is, he's going to begin to help us see through that. And as we do that, we're going to become um, a tight-knit family. I feel like we already are. I feel like it was an awesome offering uh, this weekend from the church for Ron and Teresa. And I'm telling you, there's safety in being in a family. And that's what we have in this place. So that's what I had. If you want to stand, Alfred. Lord, I just come before you, and Lord, I'm the first one to tell you, Lord, I want to see things the way you see them. Lord, I don't want my perception to be clouded or blocked by the enemy. Lord, I want to be in a place that, Lord, I hear you and I see you and I flow with what you're doing. Lord, I hear my elders and my brothers and sisters and I flow with what they're doing. Lord, bring us as your people into a place that, Lord, we stand strong in you. Lord, our spirits are connected with our King and our Lord. And, Lord, our arms are linked with our brothers and sisters that, Lord, we can see what you want us to see and we can accomplish what you have for us to accomplish Lord, let those miracles begin to come forth that we can't count. Lord, let the healing of your spirit begin to flow in a way we've never seen before. Lord, let your breakthroughs in our lives that people have been crying out for years to begin to come forth and teach us how to be the stewards you want us to be in this area. Lord, we just give you each and every person in this body and we say, Lord, come have your way. Connect us in a deeper way to you, Lord. Just thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message.